Welcome to the HDFS Careers Podcast, the podcast featuring informal conversations with family science majors about their professional journeys. My name is Erica Jordan. Today, I will be sharing my interview with Adrian Dokes. My friend and colleague, Dr. Claire Cook from Middle Tennessee State University, kindly recommended Adrian. Thanks for the recommendation, Dr. Cook. Adrian earned a master's degree in human and social services specializing in mental health facilitation from Walden University. She also holds a bachelor's degree from Middle Tennessee State University with a major in child development and family studies and a minor in psychology. She is currently a team lead for the care management department of a nonprofit mental health agency in Tennessee. In this episode, she discusses how she found the field of HDFS and her professional experiences to date. As is true for all interviewees on this podcast, Adrienne's views are her own as a private citizen and do not reflect the views of her current, former, or future employers. Without further ado, here is her interview. Well, welcome to the podcast, Adrienne. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I am so excited to talk to you and learn all about your journey. Thanks so much. I know that you're a busy professional. Thank you for um, uh, sparing the time to talk with me today. And of course, we can, I'm sure students are going to um, love hearing about your story. And so we'll jump right into it. So I know you attended Middle Tennessee State University. Can you tell me um, how you fa- found the field of HDFS. I know that your major was in child development and family studies there and you had a minor mm-hmm. in psychology. So how did you end up in that degree? So fun fact. So I, around high school, I really wanted to be a police officer. <laughs> and my dad was like, absolutely not. Cause I'm only like four foot 11. So my dad was like, absolutely not. Cause he asked me what location I wanted to be a cop. And I was like, Nashville, of course, you know, <laughs> and he was like, oh no, no. And so I was like, okay. So my other first love was to cop- was psychology. But I, at that time being, you know, right out of high school, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna knock out these four years. I'm not going to grad school. So I was like, mm, let me change it from psychology. Cause I'm not going to grad school. And then I went to education. (laughs) Um, I always knew that I wanted to serve children in some form or capacity, but I knew in education due to like all the laws and stuff, the impact I wanted to make could not be confined to a classroom. Mm. So I was like, "Mm, time to change. So we was actually, it was like a lot of us in like this art education class. And we was like, we're sick of this. <laughs> and so we all, it was like six of us. We literally changed our major that day to child development and family studies. And I will say it was probably one of the best decisions of my life. I had that aha moment, like, this is where I belong. And Dr. Cook, I love her to death. She's one of the amazing professors in our department at MT. And she just made me feel so at home. Like, and I was like, yes, like, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to be with children from birth all the way up to adolescence. And so I was just like, I want my impact. I want to be boots on the ground. And so I feel like child development is definitely one of those fields that allows us to be boots on the ground. So that's yes. what got me here. <laughs> wow. Okay. And your third dad is like, no way is my daughter going to be. <laughs> fighting crime on this and you're uh, she's too small four foot eleven no way he's like nope absolutely not you so you kind yeah. of like okay you sort of rethought that yeah I literally told him on my way to orientation at MT and I was like daddy I really don't want to go he was like why and I was like I want to be a cop and he was like like I, he abruptly stopped in the middle of the road <laughs> he was like what <laughs> but I'm so glad that he 
I'm so glad he saw, you know, parents oftentimes see into our future a little bit. So I'm so glad that he saw that and really just spoke positive, you know, energy over the potential college experience that I had. And so I'm grateful for that. For okay. sure. I'm definitely yeah. grateful for that. <laughs> yes. You're you're getting to help people. You're still in a kind of helping yes. people, which is something that you already yes. always care about. And so what was it specifically? You said, you know, you felt like um, what you wanted to do couldn't be confined to the cr- classroom. So I guess I'm wondering what aspects of the child's life um, were you most interested in where you thought, you, you know, you couldn't really uh, directly address those in the classroom in the way that you wanted to. I guess I'm, I'm wondering, I want to hear more about that. I guess there's more so of like teachers. I know they do all they can, they can, but they're they're governed by so many you know rules and regulations and the standardized testing and so sometimes I don't have time to and this is not knocking any teacher but they right. sometimes don't have time to really connect with the kiddos and really hear their stories and their traumas and you know their life the children's life outside the classroom and I'm a really personal person <laughs> I love building rapport I love building connections with people um and so I was like, I don't, I, I don't want to feel rushed. I feel like yeah. relationships of quality is not rushed. And so I wanted to really just walk the journey with the child, not mm-hmm. just for a school year and not just like a term. I really wanted to walk their journey until they're well enough to, you know, depart from me. So I was like, mm, yeah, I can't do education. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, no, that totally makes sense. Because like, of course, yeah, teacher, teachers do amazing work. Um, but, you know, we've seen the classroom sizes have gotten larger mm-hmm. one teacher if they're lucky maybe an aide I mean and just it's just yeah um just practically speaking you only have but so much time in a day where you can get everything done yeah. from an academic standpoint and then you know mm-hmm. to try and address some of these other um factors they, they have very limited time for sure and they're they're not working one-on-one with a child or in a small right. setting. they're in a large group setting essentially mm-hmm. um so no it totally makes sense so the six of you all walk over you're like we're changing we're, we're creating our own little cohort mm-hmm. <laughs> our transfer co- cohort here um mm-hmm. tell them a little bit more about these classes like you said that dr cook uh, my friend dr claire cook who connected me with you so thanks dr cook um, yes, amazing woman. <laughs> yes, yes, I love working with her. Um, you said that you know uh, she really enjoyed having her as a professor, but I guess I'm wondering, like, what was one of the what was one of the first classes that you took um, within the major, and what more specifically um, did you really love about it? Oh, wow. Okay. Take me back. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't I mean, have to be the, the, all the way to first, just, you know, what, what do you want right. to share about the classes, your experiences with the classes besides boots on the ground? I know you already mentioned that. Yeah. I think the classes were just more so of like, less less aiming to understand the child. Mm. And that's what I wanted. Like that's, that's always been like my purpose that I feel like, you know, God has given me was to really be that voice for a child. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like in the child development classes at MT, we really taught, we were taught how to connect with the child and really mm-hmm. like read those nonverbals and stuff like that. So really, I feel I'm, I'm so thankful for that program because I feel like we study the child from like an external aspect, but we then dug deep on the internal aspect. 
And yes. so that went hand in hand with my psychology background because I was able to keep my psychology as a minor. Um, so it was like, yes, this, this is what I want. Like, tell me why this baby is acting like this or tell me like, and so I love, like we had a parenting course that really like educated us on how to educate parents about, you know, a broad range of things. And so that was really helpful. Um, the entire program, like from the human development aspect of the courses to programming and research, I just feel like we were able to address a child from a holistic standpoint. And I feel like that's what's often lacked in a lot of other professions that deal with children. Um, they don't get the holistic aspect of it. I mean, it even boils down to, you know, like pediatricians, sometimes they just focus on the physical aspect, but then yeah. they forget about the mental aspect. So I feel like that's one of the greatest things about our field. We're taught from, you know, day one, how to approach a child in the family from a, from a well-rounded perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, I just think, I always think about whenever one of my guests makes a comment like that, and I hear that quite a bit, actually. Um, it's just this kind of holistic, um, multi-layered, mm -hmm. multifaceted view. I always think about like Bronfenbrenner or the bioecological model, you know, just like mm -hmm. looking at all these different potential factors and how the child interacts with them and how mm -hmm. the child interacts with the family, how the family interacts with all these other um, aspects of life and environments um, and factors. So yeah, um, definitely uh, one of the more holistic approaches out there. Um, so were you, uh, uh, did you only go to classes or um, were you involved in other ways on campus or outside of campus? Did you work? Well, what were the other aspects of your college experience like? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I was, um, I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, so we definitely have a lot of community outreach programs that we were doing um, while I was in college, um, awesome. which was amazing in that sense, but I was also working with the city schools at the time for their before and after school care um, program, and then I was also a member of Writers for Young Children, and that was, uh, it, was it was when I was in early education field, but I stayed on until I graduated. Um, just future educators, future CDFS uh, professionals, just, you know, embedding ourselves in the community. And then I also, I was so busy in college now. <laughs> I was also, um, I did a lot of, I spent a lot of time at the local homeless shelter, which is a population that's near and dear to my heart. Um, so I, I was doing all that. And then, of course, internships. So now, now this other, you said writers for young children, writers for yeah. young children, was that the name? Writers, writers for young children. Writers for young children. Oh, you mascot. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, you were, wow. You were involved in several different kind of community outreach um, uh, initiatives. Okay. And then your internship. Yes. What was your internship like? So I did with our program, we had to do two of them. <laughs> okay. So my very first one was at the homeless shelter. Um, I actually went over the required hours because I just love being there. Like every ounce of my free time was spent there. Um, so that was just, wow. Like sometimes I still think about it and I still cry. Just, you know, seeing children that's in that position yeah. of not having somewhere to call home. You, you learn you learn a child on a completely different level. Um, I think everybody needs to experience, you know, volunteering for the homeless population because it definitely humbles you for sure. But it also shows you the critical need that is there 
Yeah. Um, so that was awesome. I was just like, can I just do both my internships here? <laughs> um, and I was able to build that relationship with not only the children, but the mom. So I was still able to, you know, connect to the family unit. And then my second internship was at a crisis pregnancy clinic. Um, or a program here in town um, called Portico. Um, that was also an amazing, you know, eye opener because I myself am a product of team parenting. Um, and so just seeing, you know, the teens come in there, the young adults come in there that are pregnant and might not have, you know, the means to provide, you know, for the child or something like that. So seeing how they can earn stuff, it was just really rewarding to see, you know, they looked at the pregnancy or from like a dark window and just seeing how they open their eyes and just seeing it as a blessing. So that was really rewarding as well. So I was blessed to have two amazing <laughs> eye-opening yeah. internships for sure. I always think two, two is typically uh, much better than one with internships or with, I mean, even our students, yeah. at, uh, I teach at the University of Houston, our students are only required to do one internship um, but I encourage them to um, do more than one or to yeah. you know, take work positions that are related because I mean it just mm -hmm. that practical experience only helps to serve you later yeah. on because you learn more about what you like what you don't like mm -hmm. um, and then it of course helps you on the job market yeah for sure in addition to making a difference, um, which yes. is what a lot of students really care about as well. And I think with like, um, I, I don't know if you're gonna hit on this, but like just talking about internships, I think it's also very important for students to try, I know it's, it's rushed, it's um, stressful trying to locate an internship, but I always try to tell you know, the college kids, try to aim for an internship that you're passionate about or like the population that you're passionate about. So like, a lot of the textbooks can't teach us a lot of things. And like, so being in the field, like you, you learn even more and you're more open to learning when you're passionate about the population. Um, I feel like internships are needed um, and you just learn so much and they're just, they see you as like a little baby of the office. So they're willing to give you any and everything that you ask for. So I just, uh, I'm so grateful that I was blessed with those two internships for sure. And with um, both of those internship experiences, uh, with both the homeless shelter and the pregnancy crisis uh, clinic, so what were, um, you don't have to tell me every single thing that you had to do, but I guess what were your primary roles in uh, your internship position? So at the homeless shelter, um, me and one of my other friends, um, we did a homeless clothing drive. Um, that was literally statewide. So I'm not from the Middle Tennessee area. I'm actually from the West Tennessee area. So I was able to collaborate with my mom back home where we did it, where we were receiving clothes basically from Middle and West Tennessee. So it was mm -hmm. massive. Um, and then of course, just like day-to-day -day things, like making sure, you know, the shelter is clean or just hanging out with them and just letting them have, giving them a space to vent or cry or just somebody they just wanted to be seen as a human you know and yeah. just like not based on like their stressors that are around them like they just want to be seen like hey, yeah I might not have a home but I'm still a human so just really making those connections just spending time with them um I would often like sit with the children while mom would have quiet time or you know to, to go take a bath like the smallest things or I would help with meal preps and stuff like that so I just it was like I was in their family and I loved it Oh, at the awesome. um at the crisis center at the crisis pregnancy center I was more so doing like intake um 
So that was good. It was really like welcoming to the center and stuff like that. And then I, of course, like they would do, they would have to do like lessons. So like earn like fake money to like go in the store and like buy things for the babies. So I will be like responsible for making sure they're studying and like completing their lessons. And then of course, helping them around the store and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so you got two um, experiences that were really different in some ways, but certainly mm-hmm. had a lot of overlap, a lot of related experiences. Um, very cool. Okay. So you've done these two internships that are required <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're finished with your coursework. And so you're preparing to graduate. And what do you, what, what do you plan to do? What are you hoping to do next? And then what do you actually end up doing as your next step? <clears throat> when I graduated I was like okay I'm done I'm gonna sit down for a while <laughs> and I remember because I was very busy in high school and then I was very busy in college so I just wanted the time to breathe yeah yeah um, and so I I literally remember because I was still working at the before and after school care uh, for the schools for the C schools and I remember my mom called me and she was like uh you need to be applying for jobs and I was like <laughs> I have a job. And she was like, uh, you graduated. It's time for you to get a big girl job. And I was like, why? <laughs> um, and so that was a that was a humbling experience. Um, and so I actually reached out to my cousin who works at my agency and I was like, hey, are y'all hiring? Because my mama is on me. And she was like, yeah, we're always hiring. And so I was like, okay. So I applied and literally I've been here ever since. So I really didn't have a plan. Don't take my, don't, please don't follow my footsteps. I, I really didn't have a plan when I graduated. Um, but I, you know, you know, God just ordered my steps and I was able to come into this amazing company where I'm here every four years next month. So I've been here ever since. And I've always had a passion for mental health, um, especially within the Black community. Um, so I was able to tap into that and, you know, that's why I ended up getting my master's in mental health. But yeah, I don't advise any kind of shit out of my footsteps. Definitely have a plan in place. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know, right? There's, it's a double-edged sword though, because I, I sometimes tell students, well, it's important to be open. Like you can go one of two ways. Like, okay, you didn't have a plan, but you didn't have a specific plan. Let's say that you had been, well, maybe you didn't have a specific plan, but you definitely had been um, reflecting on your purpose and working mm-hmm. towards that because you had accumulated experiences. It's not as if you graduated with no experience, like you had inc- accumulated great experiences that no doubt helped you. They were related to the field that you wanted to be in. So you yes, didn't have for sure. And sometimes I think it can go, it can backfire because sometimes I do see students who they only have this one specific, very rigid plan yes. committed to. And so if that doesn't work out or if there are changes that occur, I mean, we see it with the pandemic, things can kind of, they can change yes. in the blink of an yes. eye. And sometimes even the best laid plans, you have to adapt. And so I think that it's also really important to be, um, to be open to what comes next. For and sure. I also For respect sure. you. I, like when you said, I was just wanted, I just wanted to chill. Like I respect it as well. <laughs> I remember that I was very, I was that co- that high school student that was volunteering constantly, that uh, college student that was overcommitted. And so, yes. I mean, you don't want to burn out. So I, I think that it's actually a really good thing that you took that time to just kind of enjoy being done 
with your um, initial degree and you know and then you know your mom helped nudge you when it was time to make the next step but she for sure She, she pushed you. But I think that that's really great that you had that awareness to say, hey, I'm going to take some time to just to sit and chill and reflect on yeah, and give myself the reward of a little bit of a break, because I think that's mm-hmm. especially if you're in a helping field. Um, for sure. For sure. So kudos to you. I'm going to give you all, I'm going to say, yeah, it's Thank certainly you. not going to be bad if they follow in your footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, the that does remind me. I mean, I only applied to like I don't know one graduate program. I do tell people don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I did the same. (laughs) I got in, and you got in too. So I mean, you know, you never know what your path is going to look like. Never know. (laughs) So tell me about this job that you've been in the past four years, and then of course I also want to talk about your decision to go back to school. But you know, tell me about like. what is your role and, and what does your day-to-day work look like? Well, you know, working in mental health, um, <laughs> working in mental health every, every day is different. And I love that. Like every day is different. Um, so basically in my role, I assist the supervisor with, uh, of course, admin duties of the team of the case managers. Um, and then of course, like I'm still half case management. So with that, I still have a small caseload um, of teenagers and um, some adults where they all have a mental health diagnosis. And I really just be that advocate for them as they navigate through treatment, not only within our agency, but also within the world. Um, so kind of like that, I like to say I'm the right-hand man. So like sometimes, as we know, um, having a mental health diagnosis can make life a little, I'm not going to say complicated, but it's just a little bit, you know, more strenuous a little bit. So they just need a little push. And so that's just my role is to really just help them navigate through life, provide them resources if needed. Um, So about our company, we only serve um, the 10 care population, which is pretty much like poverty level. So a lot of our kiddos have a story or they have, you know, a lot of external stressors at home. Um, So helping them navigate through those. And then if they need an IEP 504, you know, being an advocate for them in a school setting as well. Okay, if they need like a... um... My IEP stands for Individualized Educational Plan. Yes, that is it. That's it. Hey, woohoo. Now, so you are their right hand, but you also use, you have kind of an oversight. Um, you have some management responsibilities. Did mm-hmm. you come in in that specific role or was this? I did not. I okay. did not. Um, Tell me about your I, first, your first role. And then I'm an overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> So when I came in, I was just a normal case manager um, right out of college. Um, so I was really like boots on the ground, like really had a case of like 60 to 70. So really boots on the ground. And then I was able every, I, I'm proud of myself for this. Um, every year I was able to work my way up into another promotion. Wow. So after the first year, I was able to um, accept the position of tier is what we like to call it. It's really like the CM trainer, pretty much. Like you just train a new CM just on your team. And then after being in that position for a year, I was promoted to team lead, which is my current position, where I have a little bit more management duties than I had as tier. Okay. Okay. That's great. Well, congrats. You, you totally should Thank be proud you. of yourself. Yeah, man, a caseload of managing, you said 60 to 70. So what is yeah. that like? I mean, especially because you're someone who, I mean, you got into this field because you like to have a lot of 
time with people. You said you didn't mm-hmm. want to be rushed. You know, you don't want to be managing like all these kids in classroom while while managing academic duties on top of trying to address mm-hmm. some of the other things that you work related to mental health, like you work with now. So, you know, how has that been having to manage a heavy course lo- uh, course load? I'm thinking about my own life. <laughs> having to manage a heavy caseload caseload um, of families. Um, and how have you navigated that and coped with that? And what are, I guess, the strengths and the challenges? Uh, first thing first, I feel like you have to remember your why. Um, even though you're stretched thin, I think it's also very important in this field to remember why we got into this field. And so I was determined. Um, I am OCD, so I have my planner and I plan everything to the T. Um, And so that was really allowed me to create the time that I needed to spend with each individual family. Um, I like to see my family face to face. Um, We do have a certain level of care that allows us to just strictly do phone calls. I was like, no, not doing that. Um, I was a tutor, so I wanted to, I aim to see as many people face-to-face as possible every month, um, because again, I work in the mental health field, so um, some sometimes you can't tell symptoms over the phone, so yeah. it's good to really build that relationship, you know, inside the home, in their safe place, because ultimately in this field, we're the helping profession, so we need to always think about meeting them in their safe place. Um, so I wanted to do that. So um, that's I feel like that's how I navigated it. Um, just remember my purpose and my why, and they need me. Um, and so that's how it's, it was difficult looking back. But now I'm just like, okay, I'm glad I did it because now I'm discharging my kiddos because they're doing amazing. Uh, one of my kids is graduating next year, and she's taking her senior picture yesterday, and I cry because I'm just like, oh my goodness, like, oh, one of my babies, like. I'm like third mom. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and you said, okay, and you just mentioned home visitation. I don't think that I grasped that. I mean, I, I had a family members who worked in case management in Tennessee, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of times the families would come down to the office, but you, with, through your agency, you all are actually going into the homes more often. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We pride ourselves on being community-based. Okay. So the pandemic was really hard for us because we're used to being in the home. We're used to being right there with our consumers. Um, but yeah, we are community-based. So we're in the homes, we're in the schools, we're, we're in their safe places. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that our CEO is very, very passionate about. And I love it um, because um, oftentimes, and sometimes in our field, in any helping profession really, we get stuck behind the desk. And what really, we, we really make an impact behind a desk and so um, I love that we're boots on the ground. Like, I absolutely love it. I was, since I am in my management position, I wasn't able to go out during the pandemic because I needed, they needed me in the office. So I had a whole year literally sitting in the office and my program manager was like, in April, she was like, Adrian, you can go back out. And I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> finally. It's been a whole year in this office. I mean, I love my admin duties, don't get me wrong. But I was like, yes. Yes, I was like, I'm so glad. And my kiddos are used to seeing me every month. So having not seen me for a whole year, they were just like, they were really happy. And so it just, it, it, it reminded me of why I chose the best field ever. <laughs> yes. Now, tell me about how do these, you said you mentioned you all work with 10 care a lot. How, did, mm-hmm. um, how are these families selected 
to work with you, like to, to be on your caseload? Like what are the typical? Yeah. So basically if they have their, if they have team care, um, and they want to enroll in mental health services, they can just call us and start services. Um, cause, uh, we have case management and medication management as well as therapy. Um, that's all covered by their insurance. So okay. it's like a one-stop shop for your mental health needs. So that's typically how it happens. They go into our intake program or, you know, do intake and then they're assigned to the team and we get the ball rolling. Okay. What are some of the most common, I guess, um, mental health care um, needs that you see? Ooh, the pandemic revealed a whole lot more. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say prior, uh, before the, pandi- the pandemic, it was more so a lot of ADHD symptoms, um, a lot of ODD symptoms from the kiddos. Um, and of course, depression and anxiety from the adult and the things. But I think now, since the pandemic has, has happened, we've seen a definitely an increase in depression and anxiety across the board, like even from the kiddos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that's probably like our most seen. Of course, we, we treat all of them, all, all the mental health diagnoses, of course, but like we definitely have some bipolar and some schizophrenic and stuff like that, like borderline personality. Um, but I will say we are definitely on the heavier end of depression and anxiety just due to the dynamic of the country and the world right now, to be honest. Very, yeah. Yeah, this pandemic has really shifted everyone's lives, yes. thrown it all into upheaval. And so if you already, and if you already were a vulnerable family to start with, um, right. Um, just imagine that um, compounded on top of things. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that yeah, you went from mostly ADHD and ODD, um, oppositional defiance disorder to, to seeing mostly depression and anxiety, but you still see a variety. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the, um, and I guess, so when you're doing the home visitation, you now, um, are, are you providing the services there? Like if they need therapy, you're providing it. So there they still time? come into our office for therapy appointments okay. um, and medication. Um, they definitely still see those. Because um, most of the CMs, you do well, to be a CM or care manager, you don't have to have any master level work or okay. licensure. So it's um, just bachelor's um, entry level job. So we just really, when we go into the home, we're just discussing the coping skills or like kind of trying to create structure in our okay. homes, um, like try to identify the triggers and stuff like that. So we're more so like the in between um, the therapy and medication management appointments to just really streamline services in a way and we all work in the same office so with therapy and medication management so we're in constant communication your treatment team is in constant communication about you know ways to improve treatment yeah that's a really yeah interesting model yeah (laughs) yeah I mean geez I mean yeah to be able to have that hand in the home and then also um uh, to have the therapist on site so yeah that's pretty cool um okay the uh, so how did you decide, hey, even though you seemed, you, it seems like you really enjoy the work that you're engaged in. So how did you decide, I want to go back and, and return to school, pursue my master's? I'm kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I always know after, you know, undergrad, I was like, I ain't going to grad school. Then I was like, okay, maybe I should go to grad school. Um, really just an investment in my career. Um where I am, I had already became a team lead. So I had already moved up 
to my to me I had already moved up enough that it, for the expenses of my, my bachelor's so I was like, okay it's time to elevate a little bit more so I was like and I'm an overachiever you know okay <laughs> I'm an overachiever um and so I was like it's time to go back and I am a further learner and so I was one day I was just like oh, I'm gonna apply to grad school <laughs> yeah my parents was like what because both my parents um are have masters double masters doctorate so this is nothing new to them yeah. So I'm going to school and they was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, I am. And so I did a nonstop program. So basically I didn't have summer break or winter break. And I just did it. And I really, like, I really want to just focus on mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I found a program that allowed me to have a specialization in mental health facilitation. So I was like, yeah, this is, this is it. So that's, that's awesome. what made my decision. That's what helped me make my decision. And and when you were looking for programs, when you were considering returning, you mentioned that you found this program. How did you go about searching for potential programs? Networking within your company is always amazing. Okay. <laughs> so I have reached out to, so within our agency, we have like 10 different locations, but we all do the same thing, just in different cities of the state. Um, and so I have reached out to my peer in the Antioch location, which is, you know, outskirts of Nashville. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, what program are you in? And she told me, and I was like, well, I'm going to apply for the same one. <laughs> yeah. And that's how it happened. Because, I mean, that's how I also applied for MTSU. I'm not really the one to, like, go study schools. That stresses me out. Mm-hmm. So I just really, I'm a, like, personal testimony type person. Relational. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, okay, you like it. And she was telling me like the breakdown of like, you know, how courses were ran and stuff like that. And I was like, okay. She was like, cause I really wanted to ask somebody within my company. Cause I want, I, I had to continue to work full time. Right. And so I wanted to say, and so her insight provided me with, okay, it's feasible to do with our job and I'm not going to lose my mind. So yeah. I was like, okay, perfect. Let me go apply. <laughs> That's great. Um, no, it's, I mean, it's always so important to talk to people. You never know, you know, somebody could be sitting, you know, just sitting next to you in a line, standing next to you in a line. And you just never know if you start a conversation for those five minutes, Uh, but especially everything. Yeah. And and it's just building relationships. I mean, and especially when you're working with the people anyway, you already Mm -hmm. automatically have something to connect over. And so, you know, why not learn a little bit more about their life and get their insight. Yeah. Um, tell me about what your grad school experience was like um, and whether or not it, it lived up to th- what you'd heard about it. Oh, grad school. <laughs> grad school is definitely a different breed, is what I like to call it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a good thing, though, because I feel like undergrad is kind of like a mixture of a lot of things into like mm-hmm. your first, the first, your second to last year. Um, but grad school you're able to focus on your purpose if you haven't noticed throughout this whole thing purpose is everything to me um and so I feel like grad school you're able to focus on your purpose so it 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 leveled up to what I expected um and so that was it was kind of like okay um it's kind of was like an extension of work because I was doing the same thing at work Uh um now I did have a course mental health law that literally made me question every bit of my being but (laughs) we made it through (laughs) um and then I often thought of Dr. Cook doing that class because Dr. Cook pushed us and I'm so grateful that she pushed us um because that really she I haven't even told her this but that literally motivated me to get through that class 
Yes. Because I'm like, okay, if I can make it through Dr. Cook's class, I can make it through this. And just like the the discipline that Dr. Cook required for her class really helped me during that course. Um, yeah, I love that woman. <laughs> but um, it was, you know, it, it's grad school. But I also think if you have it in you to go to grad school, go go because it's not education is one of the most powerful weapons that you that a human can possess and so I feel like get all the knowledge that you can for sure absolutely couldn't agree more I thought always that it's the thing that you can acquire that can't be taken away from you right is there anything else that um, I didn't ask that you wanted to share and then also as a follow-up to to that um, is there anything um, any uh, words of wisdom or advice that you can provide for students or new professionals uh, in the field? Well, I'll start with the advice. Stay true to who you are. Um, this field, we are the humbling of the world is what I like to call it. We, a lot of people, when they come to us, they don't want to come to us because that means they need help. And we know that sometimes pride can be the devil. But stay true to who you are, but also accept people for who they are. Um, it's very important to accept people for who they are because you want people to accept you for who you are. And so I think I, that's one thing I have learned is made me love myself more being in this field because it can always be worse. Mm -hmm. But it's also reminding me that it's so much more work than needs to be done. And we are that field that can do that. Um, you don't get in this field for money. And I tell people that all the time, do not, do not get in this field for money because you'll be sadly disappointed, sadly, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But it's the most rewarding field ever. And I, I can genuinely say that. When you see the success stories or you see your, you know, the consumers being discharged from your program because they have reached their goals that you have laid out. And we are a pivotal point in that. And so I feel like just stay true to who you are, but also open your eyes to see that the world is bigger than your road alone. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I noticed that you are, uh, you refer to the, individuals that you all work with as consumers yes ma'am and so I, I think I think I'm used to hearing clients so can you tell me mm -hmm. a little bit more about the consumer language yeah so our CEO um she is really about the meeting people where they are mentality mm -hmm. and she really likes she knows that it's hard to realize that you might need a little help with your mental health and so people are already belittling themselves even more. So the, the verbiage of consumers, you're, you're just consumer our services. It doesn't yeah. mean that we're better than you. It doesn't mean that you're beneath us. We, uh, we have a very chill dress code. Um, the consumers can come directly to our offices uh, because this is, this is your place just as like it's yours. And so that's where the consumer's verbiage comes from, from our agency. It's kind of, you know, blur that boundary line a little bit just mm -hmm. so they can be so they can know that we fully accept them um, we are a very open and affirming agency for any walk of life so that's one of the things that our CEO wanted us to change a few years ago was how we address our consumers that makes sense because yeah I mean when I think about myself as a consumer 
I tend to think about mm-hmm. it as very empowering because it's my choice. Whether or not I right, would. right. <laughs> yeah, so that makes sense. Um, well, um, is there anything else that you want to share? That no, I enjoyed this so much. Me too. Oh Can I come back? <laughs> I, I, yes, I am. So that's one of the, I feel like with a lot of my guests, I've said this, um, like, yeah, I would, I'd love to do a follow-up in a, in a couple years and just see what things are the same, what things um, yeah. have changed. Um, because I just love hearing about people's journeys. This summer has been a little bit just wilder than normal. So it's been hard right. to be scheduled. Um, but it's literally one of my favorite things to do. And you have been such a delight to speak oh, with. Oh, thank you as so, well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the HDFS Careers Podcast. If you have recommendations for HDFS or other family science alumni to interview, please reach out to me at hdfscareers.com. Don't worry if they're not working in a job that would normally be considered in the field. I'm interested in hearing a variety of stories, especially if they are working outside of academia. If you like this podcast and want other people to be able to find it, please rate it and review it in iTunes or share it on social media. Until next time, keep exploring your future possibilities.